Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I'm with Carlos Del Pozo of Team Engine. How you doing, man? Good, sir. How are you doing? Doing very well. We are talking about why you have a labor shortage, and it might not be what you think. What are some of the reasons that people sometimes think that they can't find great applicants? Yeah, a few of those are one, they think they need more applicants, just don't have enough applicants. Uh, another one is they think, well, I do have applicants, but they're not the right ones. Uh, and probably the third one that we see is, yeah, these applicants, they, we got them, they look good, but they're just like not hungry enough. They don't want to work. Mm. I've, I've heard these before. I've, I've heard this. People don't want to work. So you think that these are happening, but the, the answer might surprise you. So to keep on watching, we're going to go through exactly why you can't find great applicants. And then we're going to also talk about how to solve that. Um, but first, can you give me a two minute backstory of you personally and the company? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm one of the co-founders and my background and getting to team engine. Uh, I was in the army. I was an infantry officer in the army. Then I uh, went to business school and then coming out of business school, decided I wanted to go out and uh, look for a business to buy and, and run. So uh, with the background as an infantry officer, I focused on companies that had sort of like a field workforce, more of a blue collar workforce uh, and talked to a bunch of owners and, and looked at a bunch of companies and came across this universal theme, which was, hey, we've got work to do. We've got demand. Um, you know, we're turning down business because we don't have the people to do it. And thinking about how I would solve that problem uh, running these businesses, I looked around and uh, in particular looked for technology solutions and didn't really find any and didn't, or didn't find the ones that were actually going to work for those companies. Uh, so I ended up joining forces with a couple of experienced uh, you know, software company builders and we set out to build a solution for those companies uh, with folks in the field. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. What are the real reasons? So we talked about the misconceptions. What are the real reasons that people are struggling to hire great applicants? Yeah. So the thing that we see is like when we talk to folks and, and uh, you know, dig into their process, we realize that it's really the process uh, that is often where there's an opportunity. Um, you know, folks are often getting applicants, uh, but at the end of the day, they're not getting hires. Uh, or at the end of the day, you know, really the problem boils down to, to just labor capacity. Like I talked about, I was talking to these companies who were turning down business because they didn't have the folks to do the work. And yeah, hiring is a big part of that problem, but that problem starts, uh, you know, before hiring and it extends beyond it. Uh, you know, it's a combination of adding the folks that you need and keeping the folks that you have to make sure that you have, mm. you know, uh, the ability to do the business. Um, and unfortunately, folks really zero in on just like, how do I get more applicants? How do I put more yeah. raw material into the top of this machine? But what we often see is that yeah. folks, uh, when we look at the machine, there's, you know, the machine isn't quite right. Yeah, I mean, basically, you can pile in money to platforms like LinkedIn or Indeed or Facebook ads even to try to get people to be aware of the job and people to apply. And then the, the question is like, are these the right people? Yes. And then sometimes yes. the like what we talked about before the podcast is just like sometimes the right people don't respond when I ask. 
And, yep. and then I'm sporadically as the owner, sometimes like able to send a message on like Thursday, yeah. 3 PM. And then like Saturday, and those may be yep. not the best times to yep. communicate with yep. them. Um, yep. So we're not going to do, we're not going to do a hard pitch for the software, but can you give just a few of the, the high level, like functionalities um, of the software? And then we can, we're going to go into more um, solutions yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So at a high level, you know, the solution that we found to be effective for the folks that we work with across, you know, a variety of different uh, blue collar deskless industries, it really boils down to three key things. Um, and the first is, is really the format of communication, um, you know, how you're reaching out and engaging with applicants as well as your workforce. And what we find is that, you know, of all the options that exist out there, which, you know, include phone, email, et cetera, texting is the most effective. Uh, and one of the beautiful things about the text message format is that you can really do a lot with it within software. So that's one, that text message format. The second is best practices, you know, for a lot of the companies. So that, for, one yeah. second, before you go yeah, sure. there. So people could just improve their process right now by texting the applicant as soon as they apply versus yes. even if you didn't get yes. the software, you should be texting with applicants. Absolutely. And the reason is that a lot of the folks that are applying for these types of jobs are not like really uh, heavy email users. Uh, yeah. So they're not really on top of their email uh, as much as a lot of the folks who are yeah, reaching I, out to them. I was just going to say, like I am, I, I'm emailing these people that I think are awesome and then I don't get a message back for two days and then I count them out yeah. because I communicated in a way that they don't sit on LinkedIn. You know, yep. they're, they're not like me where I'm just like, I live my life on these platforms because I have to. Yep. They're not bad people because they didn't respond in somewhere that they don't normally hang out. Right. So I love that solution. Yeah. And what we see is just like that. There's just this gap between the office and, and the field. And part of that is just in the way that we communicate uh, yep. with each other. So that format is really key. The second is best practices. You know, a lot of the folks that are, you know, trying to hire um, uh, maybe don't actually have you know, an HR background or specifically a recruiting background. So they probably don't know like what the best practices are. Um, but, you know, there are some best practices out there. And so part of what we do is embed those in the software. Uh, but the last piece that kind of- what is, Can you give an example of that, that maybe somebody could use even if they don't use the software? Like what's a best practice yes. that's like, you should be doing this now? Yes. When you post a job, your job description, should you need to think about it as a marketing piece you need to think about mm. communicating the benefits of your company of your job and lead with that not yeah. lead with all the things that is going to disqualify uh, ah, a potential applicant yeah i literally have even taken to um a note i don't know if this is really like a best practice but i do yeah. like a list like i literally emote i put an emoji next to each of the benefits like the 401k like the i like make it very easy to scan and yes. I, I do think yes. of it as a, as a, like almost like a, an ad versus yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not going dryly through everything. I'm, I'm hitting it with emojis and bullet points and all this stuff. So, yeah. And that's the right approach. But a lot of folks think about 
that job description as they're just going to take their internal job requisition, which is like very compliance oriented, and they're going to really attract some great applicants by showing them, you know, how much they're going to be lifting and like all the, you know, terrible weather they're going to be like, yes, exactly, which is very important that they do that, but you can put that after like all the reason that somebody should be reading that in the first place. And somebody told me to do that with the emojis thing and all the benefits. And they said, basically every time you post about this job. So like, I'll, I'll go on and like do just a, like either a Facebook post or a LinkedIn post or something like that. I try to use that list as much as possible. I have a note on my phone and I try to use it on every piece or almost every piece that goes out about that job offer because I'm trying to, I'm trying to tantalize people and they can't, they can't get excited about your job unless you say something exciting, like, and, and like, you know, all the cool things about working at your company, you know, that there's, that the culture is good and you get parties every couple of weeks and it's a fun thing, maybe like whatever it happens to be, that's cool about your company, but People don't, they can't read your mind. They don't know everything about that. So like, you have to share it. You have to, you have to turn it inside out. And even though it's uncomfortable, yeah, you have to say that stuff. You have to say all the stuff that you're doing internally. Yeah. And I think that, you know, folks often complain that maybe um, folks in the job market and applicants or employees are like transactional. They they might join a company and leave that company for another 25 cents. Um, but then you have to think about as a company, like what are we doing to make it not transactional? And if you're just posting the job requisition, you seem like every other company, you, you treat like your applicants and your employees like every other company, what's gonna be the differentiator? 25 cents. That's good. Like I, so. Sorry, I'm kind of giving our examples, but in our in our yeah. job posts, we talk about how it's we know personally, like basically we do a little underdog story of like we were underdogs yeah. in the job market and we we are open to talking to you whether you're from you know non-traditional backgrounds, like you know, whatever it happens to be, you could be a whatever race, whatever gender, whatever sexual orientation, and we're yeah. we're like yeah we have been turned down for jobs for stuff that we feel like we could have done a good job. Like basically we grab them by the heartstrings a little bit and say, we're, we're also underdogs. And if you're an underdog, you might fit here. And I think also, so like do something, I'm not saying it has to be like that, but I'm saying do something that's like grabs a little bit of heart in this and like tells a little bit, like show your, your innards a little bit. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I don't know that that's one thing that kind of stood out to me, like trying to show, like, like you said, non a little less transactional. I do think one thing, like, so we talked to a lot of roofing companies and one thing that they could easily do is simply open up their, their, one of their biggest ones, which is the sales position to the other half of the population. They Mm -hmm. are currently thinking of it as men. And they yep. keep looking for yep. men. And if they mm-hmm. just like opened it up and like so many trades companies could just open it up. And I'm not a, I'm not like a hardcore feminist or anything here. I'm just like, literally yeah. like, I believe you have so much more population and we have an amazing female salesperson. And I've seen so many amazing 
female salespeople in, in roofing. And I, I think just, it's a really obvious one, but open, open it up the way you're thinking of it. It might be a totally yep. different person yep. than you imagined in your mind. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think that you have to think uh, creatively. Uh, yeah, I think it's creative to the folks who may be out there with a, a mindset about how they hire. Uh, and who they look for. And I, I think, uh, you know, the current labor market, one thing we're seeing, and I think is very encouraging, is that uh, it is compelling folks to rethink their assumptions mm. uh, around hiring. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Any, it feels like a terrible thing sometimes, you know, when there's not enough mm. people and you can't get people in. And, but every terrible thing has a seed of an mm. opportunity. Yep. And if it breaks yep. you open and if it forces you to think differently, it might be the best thing that ever happened to your companies. Yep, absolutely. No, completely agree. Are you sick of what passes for leads these days? What's wrong with shared leads? Or Facebook ad leads? Not much, unless you want to be the lowest bidder on every job. I'll wear a lot of hats, but search engine marketing and website, I've passed off to a Google specialized team. Um, and then the last, you know, quick thing about, you know, how we add value there is just around automation. And, you know, well, I'll tie this back, Tim, to what you mentioned about, you know, you get an applicant, you might see if they're available on a Thursday, you reach out to them, maybe, you know, try again on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and I think if, you know, I asked you if that was an inbound lead, you know, how fast you would reach out to them, I think you'd, your response would probably be different. I suspect that's true of all the other folks, uh, you know, might be listening to this. And I think that that's uh, part of the key there as well. And that's where automation can come in is make sure that you're doing the right things, uh, you know, making sure that those best practices are happening consistently uh, over a format that's effective like text. But that those things are happening fast uh, as well. So it's not a, you know, once every two, three days kind of situation. Wow. That's a really good mindset shift. If you just treated your applicants like they were leads. Yeah. Well, and I think we, uh, you know, the history that I think a lot of folks maybe, you know, come with is that the constraint wasn't people. The constraint was leads. And for many businesses and many markets today, it's, kind of shifted it's it's inverted mm -hmm. um and so i think that one of the keys that we see in terms of uh how to improve your hiring process uh if you just took the mindset of what would i do if this was business if this was a lead and you think about mm -hmm. how your funnel should work speed you know best practices in that funnel and you apply that to your hiring process mm -hmm. that in and of itself will unlock a lot of success Mm. Yeah, I think you really challenged me to think different today because I, I certainly was, it hurts a little bit. Like if somebody doesn't get back to you, like an applicant, you're like, is that the type of person I want? Yep. But then, right. but right. then you think about all these nuances around, like if it's late on a Thursday and they're not on that platform all the time, I think that kind of jabbed at me a little bit in a good way. Is there any yeah. other like solutions that you, you believe? So people think there's a labor shortage, yep. but then when you put out a job application, there's 
50 people. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, or even 20 people or 30. People. So that's not a shortage. That's a that's a quality issue potentially. Yep. Yep. Are there any other solutions that you have for like, you know, filtering or or um how else can people get the right applicants? Yeah. I think another key component of it is that um again thinking about getting leads. Uh you know, I'm just going to like go back to that again. Um, you don't always like want, you may have like one or two ways to get leads that are really effective. Um, but you don't necessarily just want to be like totally beholden to those specific channels all the time. Uh, mm. you, know, you typically want to diversify your sources. And something that we, we see is that a lot of companies, because job boards are so easy to get up and running and posting a job and getting applicants, um, they, they tend to come to the really depend on them as like their sole source of applicants. And they are definitely really important uh, and can be effective, but they're just not sufficient. If you think about the role that a job board plays, it's, it's where active job seekers are spending their time. So somebody who is looking for a job is going to go on a job board, they're going to find your job posting, and they're going to apply. But in a really constrained uh, kind of labor market like the one we have, uh, that's just not going to be enough. You got to get out in front of different audiences because actually probably a lot of the folks that you want have jobs today. And so they're not sitting on indeed, you know, uh, seeing what's available. So you have to be like finding ways to expand your audience to get in front of the folks who may be working other jobs. Uh, and so actually getting in front of a variety of sources, whether online or offline as well, um, to get mm -hmm. in front of active or passive job seekers as well, um, is really important thing that a lot of folks overlook. That's huge, man. All this is, it's such a sim simple shift to just think about it as leads. Well, where we come from, leads are air. And I think I'm like more creative about it, but for some reason I haven't been as creative about it for, for job seekers. So mm -hmm. such a great way to think about it. I I'm currently realizing I'm really over reliant on LinkedIn, whereas I should be getting in, in a little bit more platforms and, and yeah, even in that situation, if you're advertising, they have to go into the part that's jobs. Yep. Generally mm -hmm. so they have to be already active and I got to yep. get in front of them in more ways. Um, yeah. Also, you're talking about referrals yeah. before this too, uh, referrals yeah. with current employees. So you, what are your yeah. suggestions on yeah. making that effective? Yeah, I mean, a lot of folks really like referrals and for good reason. Uh, referrals are awesome because, uh, you know, folks kind of come pre-vetted in many cases. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, you just tend to have better longevity when you have like friends working with friends on the team. So there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of benefits to it um, and realizing this companies build refer referral programs they have bonuses uh, and that sort of thing and and uh, there's some best practices around those like making sure that they're tenure based and you know you pay out after referrals around 90 days or you know that kind of thing uh, so what we find mm -hmm. actually the constraints on getting more referrals tend to fall into two buckets one <clears throat> is just keeping the desire for referrals top of mind for your workforce. Uh, so it's a, it's a marketing problem, internal marketing problem mm -hmm. again. Yeah. And the second is getting 
those referrals to actually uh, getting them actually converted, getting those to actually be applicants that you can review. Okay. Um, and so we've come up with some ways to sort of help there, but basically what you want to do is make it so that when your employee is, you know, at that barbecue on Sunday afternoon talking to their cousin about, you know, the cousin, you know, looking for something new uh, uh, and what that might be and your employee wants to refer that person, you don't want them coming in on Monday and having to go get a form or, you know, going and talking to a supervisor, asking what's the next step, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. also it's probably not going to happen. So yeah. it's not even just that that specific process is frustrating and inefficient. It's, it's just probably not going to you know, start in the first place. What you want is mm -hmm. to make sure that they can actually like take action as soon as possible. So any way that you can make it really easy for your employees to, you know, give you names and phone numbers, um, which is really what you should be asking for, not, hey, go fill out this like two-page document that asks where you went to high school and, uh, you know, huh. those kinds of questions. Um, yeah. You want to make it as easy as possible to find out names and phone numbers for those folks. Yeah. But if they jump through 20 hoops, then they're probably a great employee, right? <laughs> I mean, they're probably uh, an incredible like, you know, uh, best employee ever. Um, but it's just realistically. Or, or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, other folks. Are I was just going to say, like, to me, some of those people, if they have have all that time on their hands or like they want to do stuff like that, maybe they aren't a high performer. <laughs> That's kind of my joke. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. But, but I want to give you a moment before we end the podcast to just kind of like call people to action regarding like what, what would be the next step if they wanted to try team engine and, and yeah. Um, yeah. maybe a little bit of a, a pitch here. Yeah, sure. So we really help companies ensure that they have, you know, the high performing workforce they need to get the job done. Uh, and so if anybody out there finds that they're struggling and it may be the case that they think it's an applicant problem, uh, you know, we'd be happy to talk about them. Uh, and we do provide a, a free trial uh, so that folks can actually kick the tires on the software to figure out how automation, how the embedding of best practices and how the, the text message foundation uh, can actually allow them to put their, you know, both hiring and, you know, retention on autopilot. Love that. And some of the features you talked about earlier sound amazing. Um, lastly, you know, if you have to put out a job post, where do you put them out? Like on, do you put them out on like five different places or what are like, just for people? Cause that's a question yep. we get, where do you put these out? So we put them out in our software uh, okay. and then our, our software sends them out to different job boards, like oh, nice. Indeed uh, and yep. ZipRecruiter and, you know, other important ones. Um, and cool. we, we automatically, you know, uh, ask for referrals from our workforce and we have some sort of like unique uh, local job board, job boards that we found work for us. And so uh, we take a unique link from the software and plug those into those job boards so we can direct those applicants into our software and we can track where they came from. So we can see, uh, you know, which sources are working the best for us. That's amazing. I'm sold. I want this software. If I'm not a home service provider or a contractor, am I able to use this? 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, we work with companies in a variety of in industries, landscaping, manufacturing, construction, you know, the trades, distribution. Basically, if you're a company that has the bulk of the workforce that's not in the office, um, uh, we're a good fit. Then also, we are obviously a software company and we use the software uh, very effectively in-house as well. So um, awesome. yeah, we can add value in a lot of different contexts. What's the what's the uh, domain uh, the so yeah. somebody wants to go do? Yep, it's teamengine.io. Uh, so awesome. teamengine.io, go there and we have a bunch of free resources for folks who want to you know DIY, but uh, you can also go there to request a trial. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today. And uh, thank you everyone for watching or listening. The podcast is put on by hookagency.com, hookagency all over social. All right, bye.